Good morning, good evening, good day, and welcome to Drama Buds. I'm Francine, I really love K-dramas, and I'm going to spend as much time as I want talking about them. Welcome to my podcast. So hello everyone. Today we have a very special episode. Um, Needless to say, this year has been kind of terrible. I think most people can agree with that. But for me, things have been tolerable for the past nine months because I had K-dramas. Like, I discovered this world. I entered into this world and kind of just got sucked into it. And, you know, nine months later, we're still here. We're still going to be here. And, you know... Looking back at everything I have watched and experienced and felt and learned, um, I just thought, you know, it would be great to look back on all those shows and, you know, award the best of the best and some of the worst of the worst, <laughs> right? Um, so that's what this is going to be. Uh, the Drama Buds Awards, the year-end special, the guy of... <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay, so... Yeah, we're going to be here for a while. I have a lot of categories and most of them have more than one winner because I'm indecisive and I just want to, you know, appreciate everyone who made this year better for me. So sit down, relax. We're going to be here for a while. (laughs) Let's begin. So our first set of awards is for performances and characters. Uh, Our first award is Best Actor. And uh, I should explain my process, my criteria, my selection process. Best Actor and Best Actress is like, sometimes I just like the role. Sometimes I just like the character. But if you win Best Actress, I think like the performance kind of, it, it either elevated what was already in the script and really, really brought that character to life. Or... It wasn't in the script, but it was you as the actor who, you know, really pushed and made that character shine. So it's on the performance, not just the character, not just the writing. So for best actor, we have two winners. Kim Soo-yoon uh, as Moon Gang-tae in It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And Im Shi-wan as Jang Gure in Missing. So for Kim Soo-yoon, my, my love... Um, you know, do I even have to explain how good Kim Soo-hyun is? Um, I mean, I should probably, but you know, if you haven't watched the show, it it's really for me it's a required watching at this point. He's just amazing. And the thing is even the writer or the director said like this some of the details or the way uh Soo-hyun portrayed Gangtae. Sometimes it's not even in the script, but it was him who really added all those little details and made Gangte into someone who was kind of like a simpler character. I mean, oh, he's not. it's not that he's not deep or that he wasn't written well. It's just that compared to, you know, how much Sangte and how much Munyong, you know, shined and were explosive as characters, not just in their performances. Like, with how, you know, intense they were and how simple Gangte seemed, it was easy for him to be outshined by those two characters. But it was Kim Soo-yoon who really brought more than just bringing him to life. It's just, it's, it's bringing that special quality to him that makes him, you know, 
stand out and still shine. And it makes the trio, their, the protagonist trio, into, you know, a really powerful, powerful team and powerful combination and made such compelling relationships work. So I think, I think if, if you know, even the writer admitted that Gangtai was not supposed to be that good, but it was Kim Soo-yoon who brought him to life that way, you know what? Best actor. I'm sorry, but if the Pixel Arts Awards does not make Kim Soo-yoon the best actor for this year, I will revolt. <laughs> like, how dare you, you know, not give him this award unless they're gonna give him the Daesang, in which that is the only award I will accept for Kim Soo-yoon. Best actor or Daesang. <laughs> okay, he deserves the world. And our other winner of best actor is, of course, Im Shi-won as Jang Gure in Missing. Here's the thing. It's like, I think Shi-won was perfect for Jang Gure's role. And I think like it's easy to portray Jang Gure as like, you know, very pitiful, very simple. Like it's easy to just pity him, to just root for him. But I think Im Shi-won really portrayed like the the silent strength inside Jang Gure, like the slight rebellion. This the the very the very controlled and restrained aspects of him. You don't just pity him. You also root for him so much because you see that he can do it. That there is something more to his, you know, plain fa- plain um expressions, blank eyes. It's his eyes are actually not very blank. They're very expressive. And I think, yeah, there's no one who is more perfect for Jangare than Im Shi Wan. And I think, yeah, once again, that's that's a performance thing. And I'm. It's been six years. You know, I discovered this show so so late, but. I'm so in love with it. I'm still so in love with it. So, and it, I'm in love with Jang Gure as a character and with Im Shiwan as an actor because of that role. So I think he just deserves, he deserved the best new actor back in those days. He, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of Shiwan for, you know, finding this role that was so perfect for him. And a special mention, I would like to especially mention Ojungse as Moon Sang Tain, it's okay to not be okay. See, do you see how powerful uh, they are, Gang Tain Sang Tain? It's just like, I mean, I put them as a special mention because it felt like either I have a supporting character uh, category or award, but like it felt like a disservice to how integral, how central uh, Sang Tain was to to the, 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 the story and to the show. And I just, Ojungse, like to be able to portray a character with you know special needs and do it so well, but not to exaggerate it, not to make it seem like a caricature of the traits that you expect. Um, he just brought once again brought Sangte to life, and it's not just the great writing that made Sangte such a a compelling and heartwarming character. It's also Ojungse's portrayal of him, and I just. You know, he's not the typical, he's not the male lead, I would say, of the show. But he is definitely not just a supporting character. So he gets a special mention on the best actor role. Alright. Best actress. Same explanation as best actor. Okay. Best actress nominees. Or winners. <laughs> winners in my book. Um, I actually struggled with this one. I couldn't I couldn't immediately come up. With with winners for this one, but I gotta say, Ayu as Lee Ji An in My Mister and Soyu Jin as Yun So Jong in Doctor Romantic 
and Ohayong in another Miss O. First, Ayu. First, Ayu. <laughs> As Liji and just it's 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 the fact that I did not expect that she could be this good in a role. It's the fact that this is so far away from her history, her um filmography, everything she's done before, her image as a as a human, as an idol, as an actress. But she stepped out of her comfort zone for this role and delivered it so, so, so well. It's like I mentioned in my my Mr. episode. It's like she was also perfectly casted for it. How, you know, how frail she seems, but how strong she actually is. And I just love that. Like I think Ayu was perfect. She did so so well as Lee Jian. That's all I gotta say. Listen to the My Mister episode. I've discussed that in detail. Okay, our next winner is So Yun Jin as you know though her roles in Doctor Romantic and Another Miss O. Here's the thing, Doctor Romantic episode is coming soon. I'll talk about this more. But the moment I first met her in Doctor Romantic and the moment she showed up, the moment she started acting, she just seemed so natural. It, I I haven't. She was so good. Like, I loved her so much. Even when I didn't finish the first season at first. The story will come soon, promise. But the thing is, she's just such a natural actress. She's so charming. She's so naturally charming. And she has great chemistry with her co, with her male leads. You know, even if... Uh, we'll talk about that later, but Even if I didn't like Kang Dongju, I kept watching Doctor Romantic because I loved her. Not just her character, but also her just how she's so she's so she's so quirky you know but really she's just a natural actress and in another miss O, oh that this is where i discovered her amazing talent in crying the girl can cry a thousand ways she's so good at it and you know she's she's for me the next queen of rom-coms after gong yojin like i think she can pull off any rom-com and it's like her acting is like it's either you like it or you don't. Similar to Gong Yojin. If you like the way she acts, she's going to act the exact same way in most of her shows. So if you don't like it, don't. But if you do like it, you'll love her as a rom-com queen. And I, I love So Yunjin. Yeah. No matter how, you know, questionable some of her roles are, um, I will watch most of her shows. I, I will always look forward to her shows. Now, moving on. Um... So I made, at first, I just only had best actor and best actress. And then I realized sometimes there are characters where I just really love a character. But the portrayal was like, it's okay. It delivered the character perfectly fine. But it wasn't like it elevated. The, the performance elevated the character. So it's more like you just did, you just portrayed the character perfectly. But you did not exceed my expectations or anything for it. So I have made a separate <laughs> I made a separate award for best male protagonist and best female protagonist. So to start with the best male protagonist, we have a lot. Okay. First we have Lee Sun Kyun as Park Dong Hoon in My Mister. I mean I just have to describe the character now. Park Dong Hoon is the fear. You know, it's like, what if we live our lives being perfectly fine, being perfectly okay and upright and decent, and yet we're still not happy, and yet bad things can still happen to us. You know, it's just grappling. He he tackles that, that painful, terrifying existential question and does it 
you know, in a way that kind of it <laughs> it's like I still want to be a better person despite everything that happens to him because because when you're a good person like Park Dong-hoon, even if bad things happen to you, people will want good things to happen to you. Like I want a male, I want a protagonist that I will always root for because I believe that maybe their, you know, kindness will triumph all the terrible things in their life. You know, I just want to root for him so much. I just want him to be happy. And I love Park Dong-hoon so much. And I also love Lee Sun-kyun. There. <laughs> Next best male protagonist is Cho Sung-woo as Gu Sung-yo in life. So, okay, first of all, Cho Sung-woo was supposed to be best actor. Right? I, I was supposed to bump him up to best actor. But then I realized, I, I'm watching Stranger right now. I realized Gu Sung-yo is kind of an okay... It's not that difficult to portray compared to Wang Shimok in Stranger. And so, if I had finished Stranger by now, I would have added him to best actor as Wang Shimok. But I still loved him as Mr. Gu. I love Mr. Gu. I love how... Sometimes you think he is a terrible, filthy capitalist. And sometimes you just see how human he is and how he's still trying to do the right thing sometimes. It's just, you know, once again, I've talked about in this in the whole life episode. But he is the, the middleman, the one who's caught in the middle. And then he deals with crap from everyone. And I just love how he navigates all of that and still is sympathetic he's not entirely a villain right and this even if he's you know he's kind of working with the obvious big bads here you still see him as a decent person trying to trying to do a decent job there whatever i talked like pretty much half of my life podcast was about mr goo so just listen to that (laughs) but i love mr goo so much next Best male protagonist is Jo Jung Sook as Lee Jun in Hospital Playlist. Of course, how could I not talk about Ik Jun? The best, the best, the best in this cast. The best dad, the best friend, the best singer. I just, I mean, you know, my love for Ik Jun started it all. I, I ended up here because I loved Lee Jun so, so much. And, you know, of course, I love. I just love how he's so effortlessly charming and how he he's good at everything and he's kind to everyone and he's funny and he's sweet and you're not annoyed that he is all of these things because maybe I should have bumped up Jo Jung Sook's best actor because I think well Jo Jung Sook was written for I mean this role was written for him you know I don't think anyone could have portrayed it as well as him because he is naturally charming. He is naturally good at all these things. And I'm sure he is naturally a good father. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's my love for Jo Jung Sook seeping into my love for the Jun. Or the other way around. One of those. And our last winner for Best Male Protagonist um, is Ju Ji Hoon as Yoon Hee Jae in Hyena. Okay, here's the thing. He could have easily been like an arrogant, slimy lawyer with no heart who is, you know, uh, he's just competitive and, and, you know, manipulative and all that. But because of his love 
for Gumja. He just becomes like this complete hopeless romantic softy. And I just love him so much. <laughs> like I am, you know, full disclosure, I'm I'm obsessed with Juju Hoon right now because of Yoon Hijay. And I really, really love Hijay. I, I just think um it's so easy to play him off as just this comedic yeah, comedic character and all that. But the sincerity, like, he's actually very sincere about his feelings for Gumja. And I love that. I love how it's not played off as a joke. It's like, no, I really, I really fell in love with you. I love you all as everything that you are. <laughs> I love that about him. Like, mm, <laughs> I'll shut up. I just really love Juju also. <laughs> It's his fault. Both of them. They're just Yoon Hee Jae and Joo Ji Hoon. I just love them both. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. Okay. Moving on to best female protagonist. We have, of course, my girl Park Unbin as Chae Song in Do You Like Brahms? I mean, you know, the, the show that started this entire podcast. Um, Chae Song is meek. She's an introvert. She is not good at what she does. She's not a strong, independent woman, but she is a strong person. You know, she's not overly. I mean, she is very kind, but she's not a complete. Yeah, you know, she is kind of a doormat also. Hmm. <laughs> but she has inner strength. She knows her boundaries. She knows her limits. And she's introspective enough to know when to quit, to know when to give up, to know when to fight for something. And I love that about her. I love Chae Song Ha. Really just one of those um, best, one of the best protagonists. My favorite female protagonist, actually. What am I saying? Yeah, she is. Next, ne- next best female protagonist is Kim Hee A as Ji Sun Woo in The World of the Married. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's the, the full spectrum of the female characters I love. Someone like Chae Song Ha. Very meek and soft, but strong inside. To, you know, Jason Wu. Very strong. Externally, internally. <laughs> uh, fierce. The thing with Jason Wu is that she's kind of crazy sometimes. She kind of does things that you would not expect she could do. I mean, some of her actions are borderline makjang for me. But, you know, she overcomes everything. And you want her to overcome everything. Because it's like the world has it all against her. Has something against her, you know? And... I don't know. Sometimes you do want to see a strong, independent woman. And speaking of strong, independent woman, women, uh, our next best female protagonist is Kim Yesu as Jung Gumja and Aina. <laughs> because I mean, I just love how Gumja is. Yeah, once again, a strong, independent woman. She's she looks and dresses and talks like a gangster, <laughs> and she is fierce. She's. She's a little crazy also. She's unconventional. She stirs up all the pots and drives everyone crazy. But she gets the job done. And that's what I want to see, you know? She's not just um fierce and wild for the sake of it. To be funny, to be quirky. Like, this is how I survived in the world. And if this is what I need to do to continue to survive, I will do it. I am sorry, Yoon Hijay, if you're falling in love with me or whatever but I have to do what I have to do to survive and like yeah once again it's not just like oh I'm a strong independent woman you know for the sake of it for the sake of writing a strong independent female character it's like no she's definitely been through a lot but 
she found her way out of it. And, uh, you know, she's not perfect. She hurts people. She uses people. And sometimes she doesn't even seem remorseful about it. But when you do get to know her, like, gentler side, it's like, okay, I see where you're coming from. And I see that maybe you're not as, you know, terrible or insensitive as of a person as you seem to be. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Next category is um best supporting character. Alright, that's that's pretty simple. Okay. I should run through these a lot faster. Um number one, best supporting character. Uh Kang Hanul as Jiang Becky in Missing. Do I have to? I mean, do I really have Okay, fine, I'll talk about him. It's fine, no problem. Um Becky is very relatable to me personally. He is my favorite, of course, in Missing. Second only to Jangre, and that that tells you how much I love Jangre. Um Becky is very relatable. He's condescending. He's a bit of an ass. Um, he needs, you know, the the way he becomes a better person is not like an extreme, spectacular failure that humbles him and all. It's just like, yes, he's slowly humbled, but he's also given chances to be better. Right? And I love that. Like, you know, at first we see him as this extremely arrogant, condescending person, but he's He's placed in a position where he can't be that way anymore or like he has to change to to survive and to grow. And so he does, right? And I love that, you know? Don't we all want to be better people? <laughs> Next is Lee Kyo-yong as Looney in Prison Playbook. Oh, Looney. <laughs> Thinking about his ending still makes me sad. But the thing is, I just... Like, his role in the whole Prison Playbook squad. He was just kind of everyone's baby, right? And and I really loved how everyone treated him in in the prison, in his cell. It's like all of his cellmates were truly kind to him and open to him and helping him better himself, right? I mean, that's the whole vibe of the show. But, but Looney was one of the most... One of the, the most memorable characters in that show, the, of the many memorable characters in Prison Playbook, but yeah, and I just I also love Lee Kyung. <laughs> I also love everything about Looney's character, even if the ending hurts me until today. But it's also kind of realistic, yeah. But you know, sometimes the the rehabilitation, sometimes the story, the treatment does not end here. So not everyone can get like a happy, happy ending. Oh well. <laughs> Next best supporting character is Kim Kang-hoon as Kang Pilgu in When the Camellia Blooms. Okay, here's why. He's my favorite child character in all the shows I've watched. Because I just think like even if sometimes he's a bratty kid who doesn't understand how his mom works so hard for him. Like sometimes you'd think he's like that, you know, especially when he starts choosing uh his dad, his biological dad, over his mom. But um the thing is, he's actually really strong for a child. And you can see how much he loves his mom and how much he wants to protect her. And you know, sometimes his brattiness is actually just is, is also just precociousness. And and I love how a lot of the characters, how they, they treat this child is that they want to protect this child. They want to make this they want to make this world better, I guess. Or, or they just yeah, they want to make a better world for this child and treat him right and help him grow up with love. 
Right? Right. And I just that's such a heartwarming thing. I mean, Pigu made me cry. This kid already made me cry in this show that, you know, personally I was not very much attached to. But he I love Pilgu. And every time I see him as a child actor, I will always love him. Sometimes I do not love his adult counterparts, ahem, ahem, but I love Pilgu. <laughs> okay. Next is, oh, of course, Park Hae-jun as um, Gyeongdok the monk in My Mister. I just think he had the one of the most compelling stories as a supporting character. It's just this idea of like, you know, yeah, what if we do give up everything in our lives to be monks or, or priests or nuns or whatever and just let go of all our attachments to this world that just seems to, you know, it's it's like never runs out of things to torture us with, of suffering and pain to go through. It's like, you know, and all his talks with Park Dong-hoo and all all the lessons he gave and his, his relationship, his story with Jong-hee, it's like, you know, it's just the, the mere thought of, you know, a monk character. Just someone who really let go of all of society and its pressures. Like, I just want to get into his mind, you know? Um, I, I don't know if I talked about him in my mis- in the My Mister episode, but Gyeongdok is my favorite supporting character in My Mister. And he was barely, I mean, he was there several times, but he was... He was mostly there towards the end of the show, but he just, he had the best. He had some of the best lines, some of the best talks and lessons in the show. So, I love, I also love Park Hae-jun. More on that later. And our last best supporting character is John Ye-bin as oh Young in Another Miss O. Okay, this is like a recent, I literally just finished this earlier today. And for the longest time, yeah, like, oh Hae Young, uh, Ye-bin. Let's just call her Ye-bin because oh Young is also... Uh, so Jin. Um, Yebin's character was she was okay. She was a little kind of annoying. Like if I met someone like her Oh Young in real life, I'd probably hate her <laughs> out of me. Not even just jealousy, but out of doubt if like you're even a genuine person. <laughs> but I think she had like a really painful story as well in in the show and her development was also great it's kind of like you know piece by piece you were starting to understand her as a person because at first you assume she's just you know a fickle person who left um what's his name uh dokyong at the altar or whatever and then slowly you realize why she left and, you know, how she, her life isn't perfect. She's not actually perfect. And that, you know, the things that uh, the other Oheyong um, was envious of that she had, you know, pretty Oheyong was also envious of things that other Oheyong had. So I, I just, I love that idea. And I think, I don't know. <laughs> I liked, I liked Oheyong, okay? The thing with, like, pretty much all the characters in that show is that they're very flawed. But there's a there's a little bit in them that you kind of understand as a person. And that's what helps you empathize with them despite their flawed attitudes and behaviors. And Oheyong is definitely, she definitely benefits from that. From the fact that I am a girl who knows many girls who are like her and, you know... Sometimes you wonder, like, maybe they're not as awful as I think they are. Or maybe they are. <laughs> maybe they're even worse. Who knows? But it's just the thought of, 
everyone goes through different struggles. You see different parts of it, or maybe you don't see it at all. So I loved, I loved that about her. Next, 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 next award is for best villain. We have a lot of winners here. Okay, first up is Kim Yong Min as Do Jun Yong in My Mister. Talked about him in the episode, but this slimy little man, <laughs> this little weasel. Um, once again, I think he's just perfect for the role, and he's not like a crazy evil villain guy. He's just an arrogant, ambitious prick. Right? And I think that's perfect for the mood of the show. And Kim Yong Min did a great job in it. And he was perfectly casted. So I love to hate Do Jun Yong. That is my um my criterion for picking best villains. People you love to hate. Next is Kim Ji Hoon as Pek Hee Song and Flower of Evil. He's crazy. I love him. I, I love the twist. You know, I love how he was he woke up, even if maybe logically that doesn't make sense but whatever he woke up I love the slow reveal of how he was actually the killer and how everything developed yeah just love Becky Song he's a fun this is the type of show where you need a super villain you know and he did it really really well next I loved Lee Dong Wook as So Moon Jo in Strangers from Hell once again another creepy crazy villain it's like you know Lee Dong Wook as you know a typical male lead it was like, okay, he's fine. Of course, he's so handsome. I mean, he's crazy handsome, but as an actor, I wasn't super impressed by him. And then when I saw him here, I saw Munjo. Damn, Nino does have a crazy face. And he portrays that, what, what kind of psycho character really well. I was surprised. And yeah, yeah, everyone in that show did really, really damn well. So... Yes, Lee Dong-wook as Jo in Strangers from Hell. Next, these two come in a pair, of course. Um, Han So-hee as Yo Da-kyung and Park Hae-joon as Lee Tae-o in The World of the Married. I mean, you love to hate these two. These two definitely are the best villains of this year. And the thing is, okay, with Da-kyung, it's like, God, I hate her so much. She's a terrible person. What a homewrecker. And all, all the things. But, she also portrayed a side of Dakyung that was kind of you kind of sympathize with her at some point. It's like Dakyung, I just want to hate you. Why are you? Why are you being a decent human being? And meanwhile, Lee Tae-o was terrible at the start and until the end. No, I mean until like the second half of the show, he was just the worst. It's like why can't you just get your life together? Why can't you just be a decent human being? Why? Why can't you just be content with what you have? Why do you still want to mess everything up? And then towards the end, you also pity him because he's really, he really has nothing. But even by having nothing, he still manages to ruin some part of Jison Wu's life. And so, you know, I just love to hate him. But and every time I see Park Hae Jun, I think, oh, it's Theo again. He's here. Even when he was a monk. In my mister, my first reaction was, oh my god, Teo's a monk. <laughs> but, oh, Dakyung and Teo, best villains of this year. 
And lastly, a uh, special mention, my sister. This is my sister's idea. Okay, I, not my idea. Best villain of this year is Nam Juyo as Nam Dosan in Startup. You know, a lot of his problems, his fault. <laughs> um, will not digress, but I will not go on. But you know, Nam Dosan, his own villain. Moving on. Okay, on to the performances. Um, best chemistry. I kind of struggled with this also. So, first couple, Kim Soo-yoon and so Ye-ji in It's Okay to Not Be Okay. I mean, the Yoonjis, you know, they're out there. I see you. And I mean, I, I don't know. How do you def- even define best chemistry? How do you define chemistry even? But just seeing these two on screen and like, how natural they interacted with each other from from the regular conversations before they became a romantic thing to their actual interactions when they became a romantic couple. I think they have perfect chemistry. And their kisses were amazing. <laughs> Good job on both of them. They pulled it off so well. Um, yeah. I think chemistry is, you know, if people are crazy enough to believe that you are dating outside of your show. Maybe. And now we go on to my K-drama OTT. Um, Gong Yojin and Jo In-sung <laughs> from It's Okay, That's Love. Okay. They also, I mean, in a rom-com, like It's Okay, That's Love. In a romantic show. I wouldn't entirely call it a rom-com. But in a show like this, you need to have chemistry because there are so many like skinship moments, kiss moments, flirting moments. And so if you don't have chemistry with each other, if you don't make me believe that you two could be a real couple, then <laughs> this show will not work. It's just going to be awkward, you know? I think that's that's something about it. It's like the naturalness, the natural feeling of your romantic interactions. There. That's what chemistry is. And Yojin Song, Yojin Song, they've mastered that. I, I love them so, so much. And I think that's why this is one of my top shows because their chemistry really powered through, you know, everything about this show. every Everything I maybe did not or would not have liked, I was able to tolerate because I just loved them so much as a couple as an on-screen couple not off-screen maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> and lastly we have Ayu and Lee Junggi in Scarlet Heart Wang So and Heisu okay look coming from someone who loves Kang Hanul you'd think I would want Heisu to end up with Wang Wook wrong 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 no Wang So only in this household because even when they were still bantering and whatever, you know, when Heisu was still a happy person and Wang So was, you know, still an outcast. I mean, he'll always be an outcast, but when he was extremely an outcast, you know, I just loved how light and easy their interactions were compared to like Heisu's interactions with everyone else, even after, you know, all the trauma in her life. Um, and, you know, they had a very problematic. Um, it was very problematic, the start of the relationship and, and everything. But because they had chemistry, you kind of let it slide. Kind of, yeah. But Ayu and Junji, I will not. <laughs> Whatever. Let me, let me be. <laughs> okay. Next award. Best squad. 
Tapos, I mean, do I even have to say hospital playlist? The Lacking Five, okay? Look, their friendship, their wholesome relationship, it's what started everything for me. And so I will always love the hospital playlist squad. I refer to them as my friends. When I watch them, when I, sometimes when I miss hospital playlists, I say, I miss my friends. Not the literal ones, the hospital playlist ones. They're my friends too. <laughs> and they are my they are my quarantine friends. So I met them at the start of quarantine and we've been together for many months. They are my friends. <laughs> okay. Next squad. Similar to the hospital squad. The prison playbook squad. It's like, you know, it's a show set in prison. Even if it's a Shin PD show and the writer was different and there were some darker themes and darker scenes, um, it's it's the squad, it's the the cellmates that made me love the show. I really love how they at first did not trust each other, or you know when newcomers came in, like they didn't trust each other, but slowly they did they began to trust each other and then they started looking out for each other, you know. And I love that, like in such a dark place like you need people who will look out for you and will will make you feel like i my life is not over you know there there is still a future out there and i love how they all help each other kind of achieve achieve that future get to that point so yes the prison playbook squad and lastly another best squad for me is the hot stove league squad and by squad i mean the dreams the entire team <laughs> it's not a you know it's not five people or whatever it's like the entire cast that is in the dreams um you know once again i describe this as a sports anime in k-drama form and it's just i love how slowly we built up like we added more players to the show we added more managers and gave them all their storylines and everything and how we we, you know, me, us, uh, the audience, Baek Song-soo, Lee Se-yong, Han Jae-hee, we built the team together. And we saw it win and fly and soar. And I just, I love the feeling that the Hot Stove League people gives me there. Okay, alright. So, our next set of awards is for um, the more technical aspects of K-dramas. Let us begin with the best director. Just just one, actually. Though I would love to award Shin PUD with this. Mm, uh, <laughs> nah, I mean, everyone praises him, but his shows have a very similar feel. I would like to award this to Kim Won-suk, the director of Missing, My Mister, uh, and the two shows that I'm watching right now, Signal and Arthdoll Chronicles. These are all very different shows. They have similar vibes sometimes, but I mean, because they're thematically so different, all of them, um, you can't really say that he has the exact same style or that he's doing the same things every single time. But what is common about them is that they're all good. They're all great. I mean, Missing in My Mister, the, he nailed the mood. He, he's, he's an expert at nailing the mood, I think. In all aspects, in not just directing the actors, but I think in also deciding um, editing and music and all of that. You will see. You will see later in the other awards how his influence, I think what his influence does, uh, it brings, really elevates the entire show. And, you know, so far... 
I mean, Miss Heng, I love my, I love Miss Heng. My Mister, I love my Mister. I'm watching Signal and Arthur Chronicles right now. Signal, kind of amazing. Also, I'm only in episode four. And Arthur Chronicles, I mean, for a show that's so out of my comfort zone personally, I kind of am very much engaged. You know, for something that's a prehistoric fantasy world setting, like I thought I would be weirded out by this, but no, I, I think there are some really artfully done things. In this show. So yeah, Kim Won Sook. I'm I'm amazed. I'm really amazed at how much I like all his works so far of all the ones I've watched. So there, that's our best director. Next, best screenplay. Alright, alright, alright. I've always had a difficult time differentiating best screenplay to best drama. It's like, isn't the screenplay the drama? <laughs> Why would it not be the same award? But I have learned a little bit. I think screenplay is about, you know, the writing, just the writing, just the characters, not how it's delivered, not how pretty or it looks or sounds, none of that. Just just what's written, all right? And so these shows, I think, are just expertly, expertly written and they have such good stories and such good characters. Let's just get it out of the way. My Mr. and Missing. I mean, I've talked about this show a thousand times. <laughs> These shows a thousand times. They're so well written. I love the characters. I love their journeys. No need to no need to explain that. Moving on. Hot Stove League. Another. Oh, it, it won best drama, not best screenplay. But it also has a great screenplay because I think to be able to maintain that pace for all 16 episodes and even leave like, you know, maybe a possible season two, <laughs> hopefully, um, yeah, Hot Stove League is perfectly paced. And, like, I don't want anything more from what was given to me. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like, I'm perfectly happy with the story that we were presented with in season one, with how the characters were introduced and how their stories were treated and, you know, you know told. Yeah, I'm really, really happy with everything that was written in Hot Stove League. And lastly, The World of the Married. Okay, here. Here's the thing. Um, it's not just like the performances that elevate it. It's like, it's such a simple, it's such a simple plot. So, uh, like, so common, right? Even in the, the Philippines, <laughs> we do these kinds of plots. And it's not just the performances, though, that elevate it. I think, in the first place, the fact that they were able to perfectly pace this show, I think it's the pacing of the show, that things were kept you know, intense all throughout the show and how, you know, despite the insanity of some of their actions, um, you still understood the characters, their motivations, everything behind what they're doing, you know? No matter how crazy it is, you still kind of see where it's coming from. I think that's good writing. Yeah. So, The World of the Married, I would also give Best Screenplay. Next, <laughs> Best Drama. Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna put it out there. Best drama for me is just my top five favorite K-dramas. <laughs> so, in order, my fifth of this year is It's Okay, That's Love. Need I say more? <laughs> Need I say more? Um, It's the chemistry. It's the light and easy feeling that's, you know, has such a stark contrast to the sad parts towards the end. This show has really touched my heart. Okay? So yeah, it's okay. That's love. Number four, 
do you like Brahms? Once again, need I say more? Um, it's just taught me so much. And it's like, you know, this is a show that in other people's standards would be very boring. The leads would be too meek, too, uh, too weak for others. But for me, it shows me quiet strength. It shows me... Um, you know, pursuing your dreams or not pursuing your dreams and and all of that. It it's taught me a lot. And I think there are so many shows nowadays, like roman romance focused shows, uh dreams, youth focused shows that I think um every time they try to present something as a lesson or a learning, I compare it to how Brahms um presented it. And I think Brahms just did it so much better. Uh, and then in a way that makes more sense and is more mature and not just idealistic. Yeah, yeah. I think Brahms is a very... It takes a very mature late 20s kind of uh, mindset in, in, per, in how it tackles certain things. Next, number three is My Mister. Need I say more? Need I say more about how much I love My Mister? Really? I mean... Ugh. Next, okay, top two. I have to put it put it out there. My number two is Hospital Playlist. And my number one is Missing. These two shows, you know, even if like some shows I fall in love with them and everything, it's like these two I think will always stay at the top. Because they changed. They changed me. They changed everything for me. Like Hospital Playlist was the start. If I didn't fall in love with Hospital Playlist, I would not be here. I would not be watching K-dramas. Okay? So, yeah, Hospital Playlist is very special to me. Even if sometimes I think, man, I love my mister more. It's just a moment. But in the end, I will always come back to Hospital Playlist. Because it gives me happiness. Because me saying in my mister only give me sadness. But the good kind of sadness. <laughs> okay. And of course, my number one is me saying. Um, I don't know. Uh, this, this show left me in a daze. For like two days, you know, and I couldn't even stay in that days because I had classes the day after. But <laughs> um, it's just it gives me hope, but also kills my hope at the same time. And then there's just there are just so many aspects about it that will come up in the next uh, awards probably. But you know, it just keeps coming back to me and missing you know even like random shows random moments videos it always just like pops up as a reference or the characters or the music comes back and it's just like missing leave me alone it's okay you're my favorite k-drama um yeah it's just so special to me and i think it's just the best <laughs> it's the best for me i, I don't really think anything will come close to it for a very very long time okay all right next now that we've gotten like the big big awards out of the way let's just go through the smaller technical details so best ost okay best ost for me it's kind of like two kinds of osts so some osts just have like really good individual songs and so there's so many songs individually are just great. Like I would listen to them nonstop, you know, for days and stuff. And then the other kind of OST is more like it just fits the mood of the show 
more. There are less songs, maybe, and perhaps some of them aren't super memorable. But you know, the background music and and the songs themselves. Uh, what I'm saying is, they're less like chart toppers, you know, hit songs, but more like in the moment. These are so perfect, and so of the first kind, uh, the individual songs or jams. Um, of course, hospital playlist. Need I say more? I've been listening to this album for months, and I will not stop until the next season's album comes out. Yes, next best OST, Scarlet Heart. Oh my goodness! For me, this is actually the one of the best OSTs of all time in terms of like iconic songs. You know, it's just Sagok era visuals, but um, a lot of pop songs, a lot of rap, girl group songs, and all that. But yeah, I mean, sometimes randomly you will hear me singing a Scarlet Heart OST song. And I will not be sorry. It's probably Say Yes or I Love You, I Remember You or something. I don't know. <laughs> One of those. But individually, the songs are just so good. And lastly, Do You Like Brahms? You know, it's just a collection of some like classic OST singers. like And the good ones, you know, not just like the famous right now or... Like idols, it's not it's not about just like the new kind of star power. It's the classic star power. It's you know the Taeyeon, the Chen, the the Gummy, <laughs> the God. <laughs> but you know, yeah. Do you like Brahms? Very classic OST kings and queens and groups. Okay, and then the second kind of um OST, the atmospheric ambient music that fits the mood more. And it's less about like individual songs. Um, first, One Spring Night. I, n- I rarely talk about this show. I used to really love it when I first watched it. Because this OST is so good. I mean, you hear the songs over and over again. Because there are only like four songs that have lyrics in it. But they're all so good. And I don't I haven't gotten sick of them. So yeah. Next. <laughs> the next two. Can you guess what they are? It's missing in my mister. When will I shut up about these shows? Never, sadly. But yeah, I mean, last night I was just listening to like, not even the songs with singing, okay? Even just the the background music, ambient music songs. And I could tell, like, I can remember uh, when these were played usually, like what kind of scenes or who the characters were. And how I felt. It's like, it really, for me, the music of Missing and My Mister, it's kind of proof that, you know, music is food for the soul. Like, when I listen to it, I know exactly how it's like tugging at my heartstrings and all that. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but I think it comes with like the feelings that I attach to the shows themselves and how how like the music plays a part in that and help in inducing those feelings and therefore like you know it's kind of like conditioning whenever i hear this song i just feel sad so every time i hear you know tomorrow from missing or uh, grown ups from my mister i just feel sad sometimes even when i hear the the background music like uh, comfort from missing or is that to my family or something like that my family in my mister i just feel really sad and really soft um, sometimes I feel like, you know, music is a warm hug when you need it the most. <laughs> you know, things like that. But yeah, those two are my, also my favorite OSDs of all time. 
Okay, next award is for best song. And so these are individual OST songs that aren't part of the the best OST winners. Okay? So let's get it out of the way. The only two good things, three, four good things about Startup are Harmony, Jipyong, Running by Gaho, and Future by Red Velvet. So Running and Future are just two of my favorite OST songs. And it's like, how, why are you in the show that I hate the most? How could you do this to me, running in future? Yeah, I love the songs. I will listen to them all the time. Not even kidding. Next, um, Eric Nam's uh, Bravo My Life in Prison Playbook. Um, it's like every time I hear it, because uh, this was the ending song in the show, right? So it gives me, you know, that warm feeling that I felt when I watched the finale of Prison Playbook. It's like, oh man... We're watching the end of this journey with all these characters that we loved so much. And we don't know, you know, life has been kind of terrible to them. But, you know, they found comfort and, you know, trust and safety with each other despite the uncertainty of their situations. And so life is such a such a funny thing, you know. Bravo, my life. <laughs> but, you know, it just it gives me such a warm feeling. Yeah, bravo, my life. I love that song. Next song is uh, Sweetest Thing by Seventeen from the Chocolate OST. Chocolate has a really good OST, by the way. I, it's really, really, really good. But this song, nonstop, I would listen to this so much. Um, yeah, it's just super catchy. Super great pop song. And lastly is Best Luck by Chen from It's Okay, That's Love. It's Okay, That's Love also has a great OST. I would also put that in like best OST, the first kind, where the individual songs are so, so, so good. But yeah, Chen is my king. I love him so much. He is my OST king. And the song is great. It's amazing. Okay, last award for technical aspects is best cinematography. <clears throat> okay, let's get it out of the way. My mister. Yeah. <laughs> do I need to talk about my mister any more than I already have my mister great cinematography beautiful sad the, the symbolism is there ah oh, great it's okay to not be okay also very beautiful very it oh the mood is so good you know the 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 gothic house and and you know the darkness of Munyung's life and then when Kang Tae and Sang Tae came in like the brightness that they brought to her home and yeah 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 it it captured the fairy tale esque vibe of their story really really well lastly is Goblin of course. Of course, Goblin has some of the best cinematography, you know, ever. Even until now, I gotta say, Goblin still holds up in terms of cinematography. Really. It's probably, it is the template. <laughs> it is the template for beautiful shots and beautiful locations and all that. Okay, next set, or next category, I guess, are uh, the moments. Okay, so uh, our first award is the best emotional moment for them, like for the characters, you know? It's like, I personally did not cry, but I felt your emotions so deeply, you know? So, first is uh, Moon Gangte crying over Zombie Kid in It's Okay to Not Be Okay. This was the moment when I realized, Kim Soo-yeon, you are a genius. You are a face genius, a crying genius. The way 
he cried in this scene cost me so much pain. I just loved him so much. And yeah, that was just the start. Oh, I mean, like he had also that explosive moment with um with Sangte in the the hospital, right? But this was the very first moment in which I realized Kim Soo-yoon, you deserve all the success you've gotten all your life. You are amazing, sweetie. You are doing great. Um, but yeah, I felt his pain so much as someone who felt so unloved all his life. You know, Kang is zombie kid. Yeah, he's the happy dog. <laughs> but but yeah, and. You know that was when um like the fairy tale children's book theme of the show really kind of pierced through the characters themselves. Not just Munyong who's seeing it, but it's Kangte who felt felt heard, felt seen by reading that children's book. So great, great, great moment. Next moment is. Lee Ji-an crying on the bridge in My Mister while she was listening to Park Dong-hoon getting into a fight for her with Kwang Il and, you know, him saying that uh, after Kwang Il revealed that Ji-an killed his father, Dong-hoon, you know, said, um, I would do the exact same thing. And it's just the feeling of, you know, this extremely kind person um, finding out about your deepest darkest secret and not judging you not shunning you still fighting for you and just breaking down at the thought that you're not a monster that you know your shame is out there yes but you are still accepted right oh what a moment Ligian, my love okay and next last best emotional moment is pretty much every moment with Han Ji Pyong and Harmony in startup Oh, startup. But really, I mean, these two, this is the central relationship of the show, honestly. You know, from the teenage days to, you know, GP Yong saying, I'm not a good boy. I hurt people with my words and all that. But the fact that they were able to deliver that so well and the way, you know, the way they just bounced off each other emotionally, um... It's perfect. Han Ji Pyong and Halmini. Halmini is just the best relationship in the entire show. That's all I gotta say on that. Alright. Next award is Best Emotional Moment for Me. What does that mean? You may think. It's emotional for me because it's where I cried. <laughs> These are my worst cries. My hardest cries. My largest, longest, most painful tears. And so, perhaps I should just give this to, you know, 13 out of the 20 episodes of Reply 1988. But I will choose the the most memorable moment for me. I mean, I cried about a lot of things. Many, many things. Once again, 13 out of 20 episodes. But the one that I still remember perfectly well is the one of the first few episodes where um Jung Wan's family went out for dinner in a restaurant and took a picture together and so and like in the while they were taking the picture we thought it was just his dad who was smiling because you know everyone else didn't feel like they didn't seem like they were in the mood for this and then later in the episode you found out that they all had a really you know, nice smile. Like, all of them seemed really happy in that picture. And like, I don't know. I just started crying. <laughs> I cry a lot when it's related to family issues. 
But yeah, um, because I just, I don't know, I thought of like, oh, I miss going out with my family, eating in restaurants. That's it. That's all I cried about. I mean, I know that was the big tearjerker moment. There's there's one in every episode, yeah. And like, you know, towards the end, you know, when Bora got married and her dad wrote her a letter, like, yeah, of course I cried super hard there. And, you know, when they awarded, uh, you know, when Bora and uh, Doksun awarded their dad after, you know, retiring, like, I cried a lot there too. But it was just this first moment, this moment in the restaurant in one of the first few episodes that really, oh man, oh, I cried so hard. Okay, and so um, another emotional moment for me was in Sky Castle in in the two occasions when the the young children ran away from home. I just cried because I don't like the thought of kids running away from home. <laughs> oh, and then the other one with I forgot the name of the child, but the child of Onara and how like he was kind of he doesn't do well in school, he's not competitive, he doesn't care, and so he ran away because he thought his mother was mad at him or something for getting low grades, something like that. I forgot the context, but then his mother actually was so was he she panicked so much and to look for him and then you know when she when he was finally found and they came home and she was just hugging him in bed and then you know she said like i don't care if you're not a smart kid or whatever i just love you as my child like it doesn't matter if you don't achieve good grades or something like that i'm pretty sure that's inaccurate but something like that and just made me cry i'm not gonna explain i'm just i just cried a lot so those were the two like top emotional moments for me where i cried <laughs> okay next award <laughs> moving on next award is the best what the f moment so this is a moment where probably i was watching my sister and i was just like we just like we screamed or shrieked or hit each other or held each other's hands something like that some a moment that invoked an intense explosive reaction from us First <laughs> is um it's okay to not be okay when Kang Te showed up in that suit for that photo shoot. Oh <laughs> you know, Kim Suyun, what a fine, fine man. <laughs> there, that's all I gotta say. He looks he looked amazing in that suit. I don't know why we screamed, but he was just so beautiful, so handsome, so perfect. Moving on. Next moment is um Mr. Gu and Lee Noel in life. So, um, I, you know, Lee Noel was in her car and she looked sad or something, right? And then, you know, Mr. Gu passed by in his car. And then, you know, I thought like, okay, she's parked, right? She's parked there, right? And so I thought, okay, so he saw her, obviously. And I thought, he's not gonna, you know, like it was a tight shot of her through the window, right? And so I thought, you know what, he's not gonna park and, you know, walk up to her and talk to her. Like, that's not that kind of show. And then, like, not a second later, a shadow approached and it was Mr. Goo and he wanted to talk and he knocked on, on Lino's window and I just yelled. It was just me yelling because my sister already knew what was going to happen, but I did not expect. I literally just said, it's not that kind of show. And then it, it was. It was that kind of show. So yes, just the crumbs, you know. I I love the crumbs. Speaking of crumbs, 
we have my Mr. Crumbs. Um, episode 7, when Park Dong-hoon and Lee Ji-an smiled at each other for the first time in seven episodes. The yell, the screaming, the hugging. It was just such a moment for a smile. But in such a sad show, you will take any, any bit of happiness you can get. So there. Those are the crumbs that made me yell. <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, um, a miscellaneous award, I guess, an other award. Um, best recurring actor. For the actors that we keep seeing in roles over and over again. First, uh, let's give it up for one of the nation's mothers, Kim Miko. As the mother of Juri in It's Okay to Not Be Okay and the mother of um, Oh Heyong in Another Miss Oh. And I also watched Healer for a bit. She was she was finally not a mother there, I think. I only watched like six episodes. Um, she was finally not a mother. She was great. <laughs> but yeah, Kim Mi-kyung, Kim Mi-kyung's just she's a great mom character. She does super loving and super caring well. And she also does like a tough love kind of mother really well. So love her. Next is my favorite Ajuma. Not necessarily favorite mother, but favorite Ajuma is Yumyeran, who was in life, who is in the uncanny uncanny counter right now. She was the mother of Looney in Prison Playbook, and she was that character in When the Camellia Blooms. She's just my favorite. I mean, my favorite role of her was when she was Mr. Goo's secretary in life. But in general, I just love her so much. Um, I don't know how to explain this. I just love seeing her every time I see her. Next, next recurring actor that I appreciate is Kim Yong-min, who was Manbok in Chloe, who was the neighbor who was a cheater in The World of the Married, and of course, Do Jun Yong in My Mister. This guy, I met him as Manbok. What a great character. What a kind soul. I loved Manbok so much. And then every other role I saw him, I just hated him. And so I thought, damn you, Manbok. You were a decent human once in your life, but the rest of it, you're terrible. But yeah, Kim Yong-min, great guy. Love seeing him. And lastly, the ultimate fave, Park Hae-jun, who was, of course, Teo in The World of the Married. He's Gyeongdok in My Mister. He's uh, the other member of Sales Team 3 in Missing. And now he's in Artville Chronicles. We're watching him again. He's like the child of Kim Won-suk, probably. Just like that director. He probably really loves Park Hae-jun. And I respect that. I love that. I mean, I first met him as Teo. And then, and then in the other roles I saw him, he's like he was also kind of a bad person. And then when I met him in you know my Mister in Missing and in an Arthur, I don't know yet. But in my Mister in Missing, I just loved him so much. He's my favorite, no matter what. And so you know, I just like the thought of you know him being kind of a. He's very handsome, of course, but he's just kind of a, an extra or a supporting character all the time. And then suddenly he gets this big, big, big break in the world of the married. Like, I'm so proud of him. I'm so happy for him. And yeah, I, I love Park Hae-jun. So yeah, he's our favorite, favorite best recurring actor. Okay, moving on to the next set of awards. Uh, I refer to this as the less positive awards. Um, I will try not to... Uh, explain too much because I don't want to hate on things openly. It's fine. But, you know, I will try to explain why at as much as possible. So, 
first award is most overhyped. So these are shows that I feel like I've heard about so many times. Like even before I got into K-dramas or when I got into K-dramas, I heard so many good reviews or I mean, or I, I read the synopsis and I thought, wow, this seems like a really good show. But when I actually watched it, it's like, I mean, I, I can see how people think it's good, but maybe I just wasn't engaged. But if it's good, shouldn't I be super engaged? <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, first is Goblin. Yeah, that's the, the difficult part. It's like, I know Goblin is good. It looks good. It sounds good. And the performances are good. It's like, I should have no problems with this. But I just felt like I wasn't engaged. I don't know why. I can't explain why. Okay, next is Reply 1988. Here's the thing, I loved a lot of things about this show, but then towards the middle, like it just dragged for me. And I think like, you know, each episode could be much shorter. Like so many storylines could have been cut and we could have gotten like a more, you know, packed story. And it's like I would keep the first 10 episodes, but then cut the next 10 episodes in half or, you know, to 16, to, to the last six episodes. Because a lot of it just felt so unnecessary for me. And it's like, it's annoying because there's so much I loved about it. But I also wouldn't, like others say this is their favorite K-drama of all time. And I just would never say that. Yeah, and it makes me sad because I did really love so much about it. But yeah, it was a bit like, it was overhyped for me. I get the hype and I also fell for a lot of things in the show, but it was overhyped for me. And lastly, um, Chicago typewriter. I mean, when I read the synopsis, it looked like it looked like such a good idea. But then when I was actually watching it, this is the first show that I watched in like 1.5 or even two times speed, two times the speed. Because I don't know, I just wasn't into it. I, I I didn't like the fact that there had to be romance between Saul and what's his name and. Uh, I don't know, I just wasn't engaged. I didn't really like the protagonists, either of them. The only person I liked in this show was Yuji No, the, the character of Go Kyung Pyo. So it's just like, eh, it only really, really got good. I mean, even towards like the penultimate episode, the entirely flashback episode, where I get why it had to be done, and I get that they've been teasing, you know, seen a few scenes throughout the entire show, but like just to have it all in one fell swoop is kind of like, uh, okay, maybe it could have been done better, but I'm not gonna armchair write this one. It's fine. So yeah, for me, it was overhyped. Next award is most disappointing. So disappointing means I, it's probably, usually these are ongoing shows that, you know, at the start, I thought, oh, this is okay. But then maybe towards the middle or at the very end, it just dropped the ball. You know, it, it, it didn't stick the landing, you know? So first is Tale of the Gumiho. Um, thing is like, I mean, the chemistry was okay. The premise was, eh. It was, it was fine, I guess. And, like, we watched the first six episodes, but then we decided to drop it. And then, you know, when we found out the ending, it apparently was pretty underwhelming. So, okay. I mean, I wanted it to be super good, but uh, it didn't get to that point. Next show is Flower of Evil. So, my journey with this show is, eh, and then it, you know, became like, uh, and then it, became good like it really picked up towards the middle of the show it was really intense and and the twists and turns were good despite some of the logical leaps and all that and then the ending was an amnesia episode 
And I hated it. I hate amnesia. It's the worst trope. <laughs> if any show has amnesia, I'd probably just drop it. You know, I would not watch anything with amnesia. I'm sorry. I don't know why. It just... Ugh. Like, I, I cannot believe we're still doing this trope in 2020. And they did. And they really stuck to it. I thought, like, maybe he's just pretending to have amnesia because he wants to start over with his life. But no, he genuinely had amnesia. And like they say, like, maybe it's because of the trauma or the impact of when he got hit or something. Like, okay, I get it. Logically and emotionally, it makes sense. But, but like, in a storytelling perspective, or as a viewer, it's just like, do we really have to go with Amisha? <laughs> really, though? <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, it, there. That's a show that not stick the landing. And lastly, the greatest disappointment of this year is Startup. And if you want to know why, just listen to the, you know, the two-hour pod- podcast. It's fine. I, I, ugh, I don't want to talk about Startup anymore. Okay, next. <laughs> next award is um, for the fastest drops, which means like we started it while it was ongoing and then we realized, Eh, and then it usually didn't even last until like the sixth episode test. Like usually it's the, the two or okay, it passed the two episode test, but then we realized towards episode three and four, it's like eh, I'd rather not waste my time with this. So first is True Beauty. Uh, we watched the first episode and then in the middle of the second episode, I thought I don't want to go through this. It's like my sister is watching it right now, and she says, you know, when you accept that it's not that good you'll realize it's not that bad. And I thought, like, do I really want to spend my time watching a show knowing that it's not that good just to say that it's not that bad? Like, I would rather watch something that I really like, that I really think is good, or that I really have hope for. But this, I don't really have any hope for it. Like, it's for, you know, fans of the webtoon or for younger audiences who are more into romantic comedy shows. Like, straight up, comedy shows and i don't know high school character high school students as characters are not compelling for me okay there not for me next drop is dodo sol sol lala sol and i think yeah same same case in the second episode we realized this is not going to be good (laughs) and we were right and then it ended up with the most insane ending of them all this year so that was a good call on our side Next is Record of Youth. And once again, we had this, it just had this weird vibe. And then it turns out it was the vibe of temperature for love, temperature of love, which we also dropped almost immediately. So, yeah. And, you know, based on the people who watched it and had hope for it, they also did not like it. So, yeah, good decision on our, on our part. And lastly, my most recent disappointment and fastest drop is Run On. It's not even actually a fastest drop. I gave it like even a longer chance. Like first we dropped it in the middle of the second episode and then I finished the episode that I said maybe it's tolerable when I watched it in 1.5, you know, time speed. And then when I tried watching episode three and four, it's just like, I okay, you know what? I can't, I can't do it. I can't watch it. Because it's a dialogue heavy show, but not in the way like, stranger or not even stranger i don't know but other types of like more serious dark shows are dialogue heavy it's like all they do is talk and the thing is when i watched it in 1.5 times speed it was tolerable because i realized i don't really need to watch the show i just need to read the subtitles because there are barely any visual details to it like all they do is talk 
change character, change shot, change shot, change shot, and then talk, 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 talk. And I realized most of it is like, there's no show, only tell. So I really am not into it. I'm sorry. And it's like, it's so annoying because this is my boy, Shiwan. I love him, Shiwan, so much. And I wanted to see him in a romantic role. But this is not it for me. And I don't want, like, I'm glad that people aren't really criticizing his acting or anything. Because, but I, I just don't think this is close to what he can really do. And I don't know, the character is still, like, other people get it already, get him already. I still don't. I also don't get the girl's character, Shin Sekyung's character. It's just not for me. It's just not for me. So I dropped it. And, you know, maybe others will enjoy the dialogues and the the the, the slow burn or whatever. But, you know, just watch Brahms. It's better. <laughs> has good dialogue, has, you know, good cinematography and then visual details and all. It's perfectly fine. Better in many ways for me. Okay. Speaking of cinematography, where cinematography goes to? Scarlet Heart and It's Okay, That's Love. Because they're by the same director. And so the moment I saw the close-ups in It's Okay, That's Love, I knew this is painfully familiar. And yeah, I mean, despite, you know, the... I mean, in Scarlet Heart, like, it had a really nice expensive set and all that, right? But why the close-ups? The close-ups, my good sir, why? Next award is Worst Chemistry. Gotta give it to Haji Won and Yoon Kesang in Chocolate. They have no chemistry whatsoever. And then Kesang's character, he was like super, you know, sundere, cold and whatever. And then suddenly he was in love with her. And like, I get it. Like, you know, they went through a lot of things. And so, you know, like he when he fell in love with her, like it was building up over all this time. But I just didn't feel it because they had no chemistry. Because, like, similar, that Tamit similarly to another Miss O, where it's like, you know, Park Dok Yung, that's his name. Eric Moon's character was, like, very cold towards her and mean, and he did something terrible to her uh, ex fiance and all that. And then suddenly he loved her. And then, yes, you know what? After everything they've been through, after, like, how openly Oh Yung loved him, like, yeah, maybe falling in love with her makes sense. And it was saved by the fact that they had chemistry. But, Hajiwon and Yun Kesang, no chemistry whatsoever. So his coldness vanishing made no sense to me. But whatever, dude. <laughs> whatever, whatever. It's fine. Next, last, actually, last two. Worst female lead. I'm just talking about the characters, okay? Like the character, the writing of the character, not not the the acting, okay? Okay. So worst female lead, two of them. Hajiwon as Moon Chaeyong in Chocolate. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of like the perky, bubbly, happy people. <laughs> it's just not for me. Like despite everything she's been through, she's still perky, perky and bubbly and happy. It's not for me. Not my kind of character. I don't sympathize with her. I don't empathize with her. <laughs> so no. Next. Can you guess? Can you guess one of the female leads I hate? Well, 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 it's Sodal Me in Startup. Okay, we have to explain this. We ranted about it for two hours, it's fine. Okay, worst male leads Yu Yun Sok as Kang Dongju in Doctor Romantic. He's just so annoying. He's so arrogant. Like, what is what? You know, in Filipino, it's like, anong pinagmamalaki mo? 
you know, what are you so proud of? <laughs> what what, uh, what have you achieved? Honestly, I never saw him as like some genius, amazing doctor. He kept messing up. He didn't know what he was doing. And he... Uh, and I don't know why he was so arrogant about that. I just hated him. It's like, once again, at least, you know, he had chemistry with So Yun Jin, with um, Yu so- Yun So Jong, her character. So, you know, he was saved by that. But in general, I hated him, his character. There. And lastly, can you guess our other worst male lead of the year? Of course, of course, it's Nam Dosan and Startup. The villain of this story is Nam Dosan. <laughs> yeah, I just hate him. Once again, there's a podcast. There are two of us ranting for two hours. Just go on ahead because I will not. I will, I refuse to talk about Nam Dosan once again. And that's it. That's that. Those are the awards. That, that, I mean, okay, I have to, I should probably like count how many awards. The, the, the most winners. All right. So based on my count of the shows that I think I mentioned a lot, we have a tie for second place. Uh, seven awards, winning seven awards tonight. We have It's Okay to Not Be Okay and The Same. Amazing. Congratulations to these two shows. And our grand winner, our day sang our day sang winner for tonight with 13 awards. It's my mister. <laughs> of course it's my mister. I talked about it nonstop tonight. <laughs> but yeah, that's that those are my feelings for the shows I watched this year. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So you know, 2020, it was a mess. Yes, yes. But maybe 2021 will be better. And if not, at least I'll have K-dramas next year. We have the most anticipated shows for next year. I don't actually know the timetable for any of these shows. But based on the cast, I'm just anticipating based on the cast. So, most anticipated, Jiri-san. <laughs> which has Juji hoon Jun Ji-yoon, Song, Song Dong-il, and Oh Jung-se. I mean, I mean, my man Juji Hoon and my 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 queen, my other queen, Junji Hoon. I'm so excited. Plus, Oh Jung Se, of course, Oh Jung Se, and of course, Song Dong. I mean, I'm very much excited for this cast. Plus, it's Kim Un Hee, right? Right, Kingdom Writer. Yes, yes, thank you. Next show, I'm very much excited for Sisyphus the Myth, with of course. My man Chosu and Park Chin Ye, she's there. But Chosu in an action role? What? Oh, and the trailer, if you have not watched the trailer, it looks so good. I am so excited and very much scared. But it's Chosu and Park Chin Ye, they choose good roles, they choose good projects. So I'm hoping and I'm, I'm expecting that it will be good, if not great. Next, next uh, anticipated drama is Juvenile Judgment, which has Kim Yesu, my queen, Kim Yesu, uh, Kim Muyul, and Lee Song Min, of course, Mr. O. Um, Kim Yesu is my queen recently. I'm, I just love her so much. Um, but yes, I'm very much excited for that. Next is uh, Moving, I think. Moving, which has uh, Joe Song and Han Yoju. Oh, I miss Joe Song so much. I mean, I only watched him in It's Okay, That's Love and I love him so much there. 
<laughs> so I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is good. And it's Hanyo Jushi, so pretty. Uh, yes, very exciting. And lastly, um, Silent Sea, which has Gong Yu and Beduna. I mean, I miss Gong Yu. I did not love Goblin, but I love him. And Beduna, everything she touches turns to gold. So I am hoping this is also gold. Um, there. That's that's the year end recap. Everything. It's it's over. This year is finally over, and there's going to be more. <laughs> I mean, you know, next year for drama buds. Who knows? Maybe we'll do more than just reviews, recaps, and rants. Maybe I'll try another series of shows. Maybe 1x number numbers for reviews, recaps, and rants. And 2x number number will be for whatever new series I'll, I'll come up with. Who knows? Maybe I'll do more like award shows like this. Um, We'll see. But I hope 2021 treats us all better. And if not, oh man, I really hope it does. But if not, I hope K-dramas continue to bring some sort of joy in our lives. Because for me, it brings me so much joy and so much sadness and pain and anger. But, you know, sometimes we need to feel things. And that's what K-dramas, that's what they give me feelings <laughs> um yeah very much grateful hoping for another great year more shows more things to talk about more rants um more episodes more guests hopefully hopefully um and yeah that's it for me thank you so much for tuning in this was stupidly long obviously but yeah i'm so so grateful and have a great year ahead <laughs> goodbye